have never met a real Mandalorian. Heard stories. I know you're good at killing and probably none too happy to see Faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another fantastic interview episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. My name is Storm Duper, and joining me today for this interview is The Star Wars Guy, host of some fantastic content, and we have some great, great uh, questions for him today. You know, uh, you may have heard about him because of the recent video that came out, uh, The Green Child of Mine. We have a scoop on what's going on with that video because it has been removed from YouTube. He's going to give us the full story on that. Really excited for that. Thanks for stopping by. You can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe and write a review for our other podcast, The Mando Roundup, which we're doing weekly. That releases every Tuesday with myself and Gemma the Hutt. You can also follow her on Twitter at Gemma the Hutt. But you know, before we get into it, I've got to tell you a story. Uh, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, men actually shaved their balls with the same razor as their face. Not anymore. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped is here to stop your twins from looking like Chewbacca down there. Uh, You know, I am... fairly anonymous on the podcast. I don't like to share too much or divulge a lot of personal info, but I recently moved and uh, I'm a big guy. I sweat a lot. And by the time I got into my new house, uh, my death stars were like dry and chafing like the desert of Tatooine. And I thought, you know, this is just normal. You know, uh, every guy has to go through this. It's just part of being a dude. That is not true. Uh, you know, the sweet sound of relief is when I turn on that razor, the Lawnmower 3.0 that comes in their Perfect Package 3.0. This is forever changing the grooming game, this Perfect Package 3.0. Don't be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. Um, inside the Perfect Package, first, you're going to find the electric trimmer, which is the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. I was always a little bit embarrassed, you know, to shave. Uh, you know, I asked Mrs duper um you know please don't make fun of me i'm going in to shave down there right now uh, by the by the time she would come in to take a shower the bathtub looked like i had skinned a cat that was because i was using a dry shaver a dry razor uh, this, this is completely waterproof, and so you can shave in the comfort of taking a shower, and boy, oh boy, does that make a difference. Uh, the Lawn Mower 3.0. One of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber, so keep yours clean with the Lawn Mower 3.0. Even R2-D2 and C-3PO would be impressed with this revolutionary technology. Uh, it is just wonderful. I love it. I am such a fan. That's not all. Included in the perfect package is also their crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, right guys? Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? For on-the-go freshness, you'll love as well the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Um, Mrs. Duper requires me to take a cleansing shower before we ever get down to business, guys. I'm sure you've had that happen before. You're in the moment, getting romantic, hot and heavy, and then, oh, no, you got to go take a shower first. It really kills the vibe, right? Well, not anymore because the Crop Reserver and Crop Reviver will keep you nice and fresh and supple, uh, you know, nice and delicious, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, And so it's not only a product for yourself, but think about your ladies as well. My balls used to look as dry as Tatooine before using Manscaped's ball toner and deodorant. Now they are supple and wonderful. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. You know, the kind of fabric really makes a difference, and these breathe wonderfully. They're lightweight, they're stylish, very sexy, uh, very manly underwear. They're included as well. The Death Star is no match for Manscaped's incredible grooming tools. This is the full package, you know, and uh, with our 20% off free shipping uh, discount code at manscaped.com, 
FSWRadio.com. What are you waiting for? That code is FSWRadio, all in caps. Again, FSWRadio, all in caps, at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to become a Jedi Master of your grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRadio at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code FSWRadio, all in caps. May the force be with your balls. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great day in the galaxy. Um, with me here in the studio in Topeka, Kansas, is none other than the Star Wars guy. You might know him from, uh, you know, his YouTube channel, his Discord channel. He does daily videos. Uh, and somehow I have convinced him to sit down and talk with us for just a little bit. Uh, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks so much for having me. And, and Storm Duper, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to be on faking Star Wars. And I'm looking forward to this chat today. <laughs> Yeah, we are excited to have you. You know, you're right up our alley because you you are a obsessed Star Wars content creator. Um, you're a musician, and you also create daily YouTube videos about Star Wars. So um, it's really a match made in heaven to have you on the podcast. How how did we? How did this connection remind me? How do we get connected with you originally? I'm out there in the galaxy, so uh, you know, I get I get some uh, some messages from people from time to time, and one of those people was named Storm Duper, and he said, you know, hey. Have I got the deal for you? So here we are. And uh, again, I'm just honored to be here. I'm, I'm so happy. And uh, I was I was so flattered to, to receive that message from you. It was this nice, long Discord message. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just so excited to be here. I kind of had to hunt you down a bit because uh, I think when I tried to DM you on Twitter, something wasn't working. The, the Imperial uh, yeah. computers weren't processing right. So I had to join your Discord just just to contact you. You know, I, I wanted <laughs> and to as soon as you, you join, much, you so. get you get the, the fleet of people saying like, hey, welcome. Hello there. Welcome. Well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Discord's really active, I have to say. You've got a lot of a lot of great fans on your on your Discord. So, what is your Discord, by the way, just for people listening now? Uh, the Discord's just the Star Wars guy. You can go to discord.me/slash/the-star-wars-guy, I believe, to get that, and uh, or go to my YouTube channel, and it's literally in the description of every single video. So, uh, it's very easy to find. I'm I'm very easy to find, very accessible on YouTube. You know, I have there's an email. There's I'm I'm not on Twitter, so that's probably why we didn't get connected. I mean, I am, but I don't go on Twitter that much. So, you're a wise man. You're a wise man. Only bad things happen. It seems that way, especially in Star Wars land. And I just got so tired of scrolling. And every, I swear, every I would play a game with myself. How many how many times can I scroll here? How many tweets will I pass before I get to the inevitable? which Star Wars was better or rate the following or this, you know, this guy won't let you in if you like the last Jedi and all this stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I just, I'm not into that. Like I, I started this channel and I've always maintained the belief that all Star Wars is great and I love it all. And, uh, anything that comes out that Star Wars I'm in. So that's kind of where, where I come from with, with all that. That's great. That's great. As long as you're also willing to uh, face some ridicule from us for liking certain parts of the Star Wars uh, you know, content, then we make oh, fun of ourselves because, as well. So. <laughs> yeah, because I also believe that all Star Wars is kind of dumb. So <laughs> like the, the fact that we love it so much is kind of silly. It is ridiculous, right? Full grown men uh, eating pizza and watching uh, watching people yeah. dressed up as teddy bears uh, fight. fight. Yeah, men, for sure. Uh, like so, so so it's kind of like I it's kind of like I choose to suspend all that disbelief instead of like what, what drives me crazy. Is some people will suspend some of it, but not others. And that's that makes no sense. So like, let's step back. Let's realize that all of this is kind of silly. And then let's just dive all in and have a good time. But like the fact that you're going to sit there and hate on Jar Jar or hate on, uh, you know, Rose, but not hate on other things. It's like, or, or address problems with the prequels and sequels that were also in the original. Like, it's just so selective. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's Leia all silly. kissed her brother. Are we not going to talk about how ridiculous that is? Yeah, man. I have I have so many thoughts on like the sequel hate and stuff because it happened with the prequels. I was just old enough. I'm I'm 28 now. I'm just old enough to remember that uh, you know the prequels got a lot of hate because I was a kid when they came out and I loved them. And uh, now the sequels are going through the same thing. So then whenever the sequel sequels come out, everyone will go back to the sequels and be like, you know what? They weren't that bad. And they'll hate the new ones. So it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's just a vicious cycle. Amazing. Well, you know, speaking of that relationship of humor that we all have with Star Wars, you know, you uh, got a little notoriety in the last couple of weeks with this uh, song that you produced. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you you collaborated with a group called the Merkins. 
to produce this song, right. Green Child of Mine. Tell us about our tell us our, our fans about that video if they're not familiar with it. And I want to hold off. I know that there's been some development with that. So, you know, just, just dangle has. that carrot a little <laughs> bit, you know. But first, just kind of tell us about that song and, and how it came about and what it was. Well, Storm Duber, do I have the story for you? This is uh, <laughs> this is a wild ride that all took place in the last like two weeks. So uh, to tell the story properly, I have to give a little bit of backstory on myself. I'm a rock musician. Um, Guns N' Roses are the reason I play guitar as my main instrument. I started when I was 12 because I heard Welcome to the Jungle. And I was like, well, I have to do that. That's cool. And uh, <laughs> Axl Rose is fast forward awesome. to now. I, I have a cat. His middle name is Axl Rose. So. Yeah, well... <laughs> Just wait till you hear the end of the story. You might change your mind. But, uh, <laughs> but um, talk about dangling that carrot. But we, um, uh, yeah, so I'm in a rock band. We're called the LA Maybe. And uh, we're working hard on our first album, essentially, because we had a singer for a long time and we parted ways and we got a new singer. So the new singer, his name's Alvy Robinson. And he was, uh, he's the singer for a Guns N' Roses tribute called Night Train. So, uh, as, as well as us. So um, he's coming down to my place, you know, Every week, he, he lives a few hours away. He's coming down every week, and we're recording the vocals for the new album, which is supposed to come out sometime in uh, March 21, I believe, at this point. Are you out and of North Carolina? Is that right? Yeah, that yeah, Charlotte, I mean? North Carolina. Charlotte, right. Cool. Yep. Uh, lovely place. Love it. So um, he's down all the time. He comes down one day, and he goes, man, you'll get a kick out of this. This is right up your alley. And he said, uh, I, was, I just got this email, and he let me read this email, and it was, like, it was from the Merkins, and it said, hey, you know, I'm doing this project combining the Mandalorian with, with sweet child of mine by guns and roses. We do parody videos, blah, blah, blah. I found you because you're in the guns and roses tribute. And I figured you could sing like Axl Rose. So could you guys send me a quick demo track and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, we knocked it out and I started talking to, um, the main guy from the Merkins and we started talking back and forth. And I realized that the track he was going to use was like this karaoke track. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me make a track for you. Right, like like build it up from scratch. Because if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do this, we're not gonna do a, a, a karaoke track, you know, a free karaoke track. We're gonna do this custom, and we're gonna do this right. So, I told him like, don't give me any money, don't don't do anything. Just let me make this track for you and see if you like it. So uh, little did he know that I've been playing "Sweet Child of Mine" uh, since I was in eighth grade on on stage. Like I first one of the first songs I ever performed was that song. And so um, I cooked up the track for him real quick, couple hours, sent it to him, and uh, he was like, okay, yeah, we'll definitely do that. So. Alvy comes down, we put the vocals on, I, I did all the music, he did the vocals, and uh, we have this song. So we send it to them, and they do the video, uh, which turned out amazing, by the way. It is amazing. And, uh, Can I just say, were, the track you recorded, too, is it's almost indistinguishable. I mean, I had to go back and listen to the original recording, <laughs> because I was like, what did he do? Did he just put new vocals on the original track? I mean, it sounds so, so good. Like, it's, it's your own take on well, the song, but that, it's yeah. so, so awesome. I appreciate that, and uh, I, I told I told the Merkins I said, you could not have come across a better person to do a Star Wars Guns and Roses project. It's <laughs> oh, like I was geez. born for this one project right here. The two and, sons and, were uh, aligning and, on this project. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was so funny. I was like, you could you could scour the earth and not find a better person to do a Guns and Roses Star Wars mashup, and uh, so I was so excited because they're they're my number one favorite band. They will always be my number one favorite band. And, uh, and and Star Wars, of course, is probably my, my number one favorite thing. So Star Wars <laughs> channel, Guns N' Roses sounding rock band, you know, so it was, it was a match. This is what all content creators dream of, you know, that I'm going to find somebody who wants to collaborate with me on the exact thing that I've always wanted to do yeah. that no one else actually will care about. But you actually found someone the, who cared yeah. that much to do this. Well, and amazing. the funny thing is, the funny thing is he, he didn't know who I was. I hit him up unsolicited because he was hitting Alvy up. To, to get him to do the vocals and he was going to handle the track stuff and I kind of right. butted in and I was like no 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 let me do this <laughs> he like grabbed and, uh, the, and ended grabbed up the gun dark by the by the horns you know and we're like I'm going to wrestle Absolutely. this thing to the ground if you don't let me do this yeah we're wrestling <laughs> we're bantha riding for sure and uh, and it just it just worked out so well man and, and uh, we struck up a, a pretty good friendship me and the Merkins and um, they did such a great job on that video and uh, and you've you've seen the video I assume correct oh many times oh definitely yes 
Now, how did how did you come across the video? Uh, you know, I think I saw it just on on Facebook or Twitter. It just came across my feed. I mean, I get a lot of stuff because I subscribe to like every Star Wars channel you can find. Basically, right, anything right. that's Star Wars and comedy, I'm I'm usually one of the first people to pick up on it. Um, and I just Perfect. you know, it's just green green child of mine. What is this? You know, so had had never really heard of the Merkins. I've heard of I heard of you uh, before, but I had never heard of the Merkins. And so when I found out you did the song, I was like, okay, I got to contact this guy. <laughs> nice. Are you a Guns fan? But yeah, Guns N' Roses. I'm a big fan. You know, I'm, I'm from, originally I'm from the same city as uh, Axl Rose, so I have to kind of be a fan. Oh, Indiana. Nice. Uh, what was the city again in Indiana? He grew up in Lafayette, Indiana, which is where uh, I was drafted into the Empire at an early age, so I'm, I'm not as familiar with the city probably as he is, um, but, you know, I do claim it as my background, so. Well, he left when he was... Uh... 17 or 18 i think the rest is history but now we get to the juicy part of the interview this is what we were waiting for so you know if you're just tuning in you know this this amazing video green child of mine which which got thousands and thousands of views in just hours right it was huge now now comes the turn yeah hundreds of thousands of views on youtube broke a million on facebook um, it was it was really tearing it up. I, I was getting uh, lots of comments and stuff from people I didn't know texting me. Hey man, what, this is awesome! Like, what did you do here? Like, <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that. And it was uh, <laughs> and uh, lots of great feedback from like- people in my Discord server, private messaging me saying, "Man, that was insane." And um, and then I get a I get a text from uh, the Merkins, and uh, he he's kind of like me. He's always up working. Always. So we kind of, uh, okay. part of our friendship was kind of struck up because of that too, because I'm, I was up at, you know, three, four, five, six, seven AM working on, you know, getting the Mandalorian videos out, you know, in a timely manner. And he's up making this Mandalorian green child of mine video. So we're texting back and forth at, you know, 5 AM. And uh, anyway, a couple days later, maybe a week or so, he hits me up. I get a text, you know, maybe 6 AM saying it's, it's gone. It's down. It got taken down. So oh, YouTube took it down. Well, the plot thickens. He got he actually ended up oh, getting no. a copyright strike. And you only get those if it's uh basically like officially slap on the wrist from the people that made the original content, right? So he did some research, tracked down the uh the person who actually, you know, put in the strike basically. And it was a law firm out of Nashville who represents Guns N' Roses. So he got on the phone oh, with them. Boy. Yeah. So he tracks down who actually put in the copyright strike and it uh, turns out it was a law firm out of nashville and they represent guns and roses so uh oh, instantly we thought okay at first we thought maybe this was like a troll or someone who just didn't want you know or, i don't know who knows with the internet but this looked like it was pretty legit so he calls him up and talks to him and wanting to express like hey can we get this worked out because obviously we didn't want this to be taken out we didn't mean anything negative by it we weren't trying to infringe on anything and um well, all the guys in the office, the law firm, they all loved it. They thought it was hilarious. But they said that straight from the top, from Axel Rose's manager, came the order to take this video down, which means it came from Axel Rose himself. And the lawyer said, uh, this wow. never happens. Anytime they handle stuff like that, it never comes straight from the top like that. So uh, apparently the these guys are busy, down. you know, they got they got cocaine to sniff off of, uh, off yeah. of people and, and stuff like that. I mean, the fact that he actually watched your video at all is amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. And well, I have I have um, some loose connections to uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses as well. I've done some work for him in the past. So uh, and I actually oh. sent it to him and, and his brother, who I work with even more, Bruce McKagan. And, um, you know, the theory is <laughs> that maybe, you know, Duff saw my email, forwarded it to Axel and stuff, but. I don't even think that happened, but oh, anyways, dear. so it's, it's uh, certainly a possibility that the reason it's gone is me, but <laughs> we're but, not, we're not going to believe, believe that. <laughs> so, so it's sitting in limbo now, basically, right? I mean, you can't it's gone. post it on YouTube. It's gone. We, we drafted oh. a letter and sent it to, um, to the Axel's manager and the guy said, you know, you got a 50, 50 shot. It's the best you can do. I personally don't think they'll overturn that because it's more work for them to do so. And I think the knee jerk reaction a lot of people will have is, oh, Axl Rose, you know, that was that was a crappy move. You know, uh, you're famous right, for that. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't think it's that simple because at the end of the day, parody's such a tricky gray area. And, and the Merkins know this. They haven't come up against something like this before. 
but uh, they know it's a, it's a gray area like that. And at the end of the day, we we don't own that intellectual property, so we can't just do what we want with it, you know. So sure, uh, they sure. have every right to say, "Hey, uh, we don't like that. Remove that." They have every right to do that, and um, and they did. So that's where we're at right now. Amazing. It's a it's such a gray area because I mean, how many seconds of that song need to be exactly like the other song? And I mean, there's people who make their whole careers on for doing this stuff, but I suppose then they generally negotiate rights so that they don't have that issue. Negotiate rights, and then fair use comes into play. And yeah, um, but you weren't expecting this to have millions of views either, right? Uh, well, I mean, the Merkins have almost half a million subs, so I was expecting it to do do you know pretty pretty good for them. It actually did not perform as well as their stuff usually does because they're. Uh, horror centric they do uh, parodies of horror films plus music so like their big right. thing that got really re- really went viral is called the slash street boys and it has like 22 million views or something and it's a it's a parody of the the backstreet boys if they were all characters from horror uh and it's it's just it's great it's funny and and it's clever and really really good for them so to coin another kind of a uh, song lyric from that era of uh, the, the post glam rock kind of stuff are you like once bitten twice shy now about doing this sort of parody work are you gonna yeah. uh, stop <laughs> that or <laughs> great white nice i'm i'm down i'm down to do whatever anyone wants to do would i do parody myself i don't think so i'm already probably in a weird area covering star wars which i don't own it anyway so you know, in the back of my head, there's definitely the possibility that Disney or someone else wakes up one day and goes, nope, no more of this. Goodbye. Always a possibility. I don't think that'll happen. It never has. George Lucas was, of course, very uh, embracing of, of fan fiction and stuff like that. Never went after people, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Disney, less so. But also, they're a big company with a lot of a lot of moving parts, so I understand that a little bit as well. It makes sense. I mean, the, the commentary videos that I've seen that you do, like on the Mandalorian, for example, and we may we may talk about the Mandalorian a little bit here um, as well, like the the latest episode which just came out yesterday. But you know, you show stills from the episode, but you don't you, you strategically pick pictures and images that are not like huge, huge spoilery things in general, I think. And you, you, you know, you don't show whole clips usually in your videos. And, and I think that's all just free advertising. I mean, the more people talking about a television show, the more people that are going to subscribe to the Disney plus uh, overlords. Right. So it's, it's, it's good for Disney. It's good for Disney. And you could argue it's good for guns and roses as well. But then the flip side of that is, Hey, we don't need promotion. We're guns and roses, dude. Like everyone <laughs> knows us. We made, we, we now have the tour. We just finished is now the third highest grossing tour of of all time we don't need your hundred thousand views thank you very much <laughs> like right uh, but right. you know and and disney could argue that same thing you know nobody nobody isn't aware of the mandalorian at this point so you know i don't know how much i'm helping that especially because it's review and stuff so if you're watching my video you've seen the show hopefully otherwise why are you watching my video but uh and then i i did the stills you bring up a good point there because i did the same thing that i'm doing now with the clone wars and that came out back in february i started my channel january 14th of this year 2020 so i've only been going for you know not even a year yet and uh, the Clone Wars happened very, very early. I had, you know, maybe a hundred subs or a couple hundred subs or something at that point. And so it didn't get very many views. But I still got up at 3 a.m. when it came out, <laughs> made the video, all that stuff. <laughs> but I did use clips. And most of the time it was okay. I didn't do stills at all. I only, I basically recorded the episode myself and then put it in Resolve like sh- and then put the clips I wanted over what I was talking about. And. That worked pretty well. How many episodes were in the Clone Wars that last season? Eight, ten, something like that? Was it eight, I think? Yeah, I think eight. Something like that. The last couple started getting blocked. And I had to start Ah. getting more and more clever at getting around that blocking. So this time when it was time for The Mandalorian, I was like, you know what? It'll probably speed up my workflow to, to not do the clips anyway. or And, and just do stills or, you know, Ken Burns it, basically. And um, it did speed up my workflow. I can crank out those videos a good bit faster. And... I don't get, I have yet to get flagged or anything. So, and I've seen a lot of other people do that, you know, Star Wars Theory, Eckhart's Ladder, those kind of people do those, those things as well. And uh, that's kind of where I took that idea from. Sure. Well, I think it works. And, and also I kind of like the fact that it's just a taster, you know, cause, cause really we right. tune into your videos to hear what you have to say about it. We don't want to just watch the show. We've already watched it or we're going to watch it. So it's having those clips, right. the, the, you know, the images, I, I don't see a problem with it. If I were a, if I were Bob Iger and you know, um, I am very close to the man. I mean, he, you, you may not know this, but I actually wrote the screenplays to the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, right. I tried to pass this off as, as, you know, coming from, uh, JJ Abrams and Ryan 
Johnson and, and that. But so so I I'll talk to him about this and see if there's anything we can do for you specifically because I, I love Absolutely. the content you're creating. You you have such a regular thing and, and anymore now, like especially with Mandalorian stuff, you have to kind of be first because there are literally there are there are more humans creating Mandalorian content and review shows than there are humans subscribed to Disney Plus. Um, and so you know you have to get out there first. So how did you how did you get into to doing the reviews and, and what angle do you like to take on on uh, that kind of thing? It's it's interesting because I I try not to just like recap the show, but a lot of times you know it is some of that. So I, I try to offer my thoughts and stuff. Uh, and I, I try a little more each time because I realize like oh you know what I'm basically just like saying what happened <laughs> and and that right. can that can be and then I realize like who's gonna watch this like I'm just saying you know it's like a it's like an audio podcast recap of the episode basically but uh, yeah I try to offer a, a little more personal insight on things like that um, and, and then sometimes I feel like I don't have that much to offer but uh, I got into the whole Clone Wars Mando that kind of thing because it's it's new content coming out that everyone's going to be talking about you know it's a good good way for me to get out there in front of people. And because uh, probably 90% of what I do and what people like me for is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, the mobile game. And um, oh, I, yeah, I you're don't a big want gamer. to be... I, you need to talk about that, too. I forgot. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, my channel is kind of mostly a gaming channel at this point. But I, um, I did, which actually helps on, on YouTube itself in a lot of ways. But I didn't want to get pigeonholed as the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes guy because I just wanted to be the Star Wars guy because I know that game's not going to go on forever. I know I'm not the best at it, so I don't have a whole lot of, of crazy stuff, you know, crazy insight to offer. Like, I'm not, like, you know, this brilliant Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes player, because it's just something I picked up. Uh, the thing I do have is is I picked up the game in 2015, which it came out in November 2015. So I I picked it up almost immediately after it came out, just because I love Star Wars. So anything new Star Wars comes out, I download it and check it out. And I just got addicted to it, and I never stopped playing, and I still play that account to this day. So I have a lot of seat time in the game, and I know a lot hmm. of, of how things used to be, how things are, all that stuff. So when I started this channel, I started thinking, like, you know what? It'd be cool to start another alternate account uh, from the very beginning and just see how much the game has changed since I started. Uh, well, the answer to that question is it hasn't changed that much, actually. And uh, but really? in the process of me figuring that out, everyone started jumping on board going like, this is amazing. This guy puts out content that looks like my account, because a lot of the content you see are from people like who have accounts like my main account, who are just, you know, all the characters unlocked, max this, max that. And new players can't really relate to that. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Super buffed and like unplayable. Like if you're a noob, you're just you die in two seconds kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like when you start Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You start as you start at the end, like you're the max guy, max stats. You're destroying everything, and then that's like the prologue. Then you go to episode, you know, episode one, and you're like, oh god, this is like this sucks. I, I can't kill anything. I'm like a Kwakian monkey lizard, and I have a stick, you know, trying to beat people with while they're attacking me with a Death Star quality ion cannon or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, <laughs> we have the first order fleet, and you're the Ewok with a spear. So you know, it's kind of, people were were they kind of latched onto that. They identified with that a little bit more. And that was not expected. I did it just for me to see what the game was like. I was like, I'm making daily videos anyway. It's very easy to log in and make one of these videos. I can do it start to finish in about 30 minutes. And I know some of my other friends, the Dr. Blue, for example, is spending six, seven hours per video and he's still putting out daily content. So I was like, well, if I could put out daily content in 30 minutes, like that'll make this a lot more sustainable. I don't have to, you know, uh, do this, you know, as, as hard because it's this this whole Star Wars thing started as just kind of a hobby for me. Because I'm a musician first, that's how I make my my living, and um, this is just kind of the side fun thing. So, the byproduct of that is I don't really care so much about the numbers and how it does and growth and all that. I do because I'm a competitive guy and I like looking at that stuff. But um, at the end of the day, if if all this goes away, like I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be sad. But this isn't like the main thing. So I've been loving being able to put just pure passion into it. That's great. You know, uh, that's sort of a little bit what's going on with this podcast too, which started as a passion product project. You know, we, uh, I was living in Korea at the time and I got secret, uh, access to a, a, a screening of the last Jedi a couple of nights before it, it released worldwide. And we decided, you know, I'm going to smuggle in a little hand, hand, uh, recorder here with my buddy, IG 69. And we, we got in and we watched, we watched the film in a small screening room in Korea and recorded our reactions as we were watching it. And that became like the first podcast. And since then, it's just been a passion project, like he said. And we've, we, uh, we've done a lot of different stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if I don't get 
uh, that million dollar monthly check that I've come to expect now um, from royalties from from podcast downloads and stuff, I'll be okay with that. You know, uh, I'll, right. I'll find a way to make do. So, right, yeah, it's only you know at the end of the day, it's only twelve million dollars a year. It's not, it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> right? Well, it, you know, you have a lot of interest. So you, you mentioned that you're a musician by trade and, and the gaming stuff with Star Wars Galaxy. Um, have you played any other uh, Star Wars games? So, I mean, I guess that's the main one you're playing, but um, what, what about every, some of the every new Star Wars releases? Game. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite uh, of the I've, brand I've new releases? Of the brand new releases. Now, what would you qualify as the brand new releases? Oh, in Fallen the last Order. year and a half or two. Yeah, I mean. So, Fallen Order, Squadrons. Sure. Um, what else yeah. has come out? Um, well, I guess I tackled, been a couple of VR I tackled games. Fallen Order. Oh, that's true. I haven't done any of the VR stuff, uh, so I guess I can't say I played everyone. But uh, yeah, I started. I, I loved Star Wars so much as a kid that that was always the games I would play. You know, I, I loved. I remember playing the Revenge of the Sith game, where it had it had the alternate ending where if you killed Obi Wan as Anakin, like it had this whole alternate ending where oh, this is so cool. But oh, um, wow. yeah, so I grew up. And then Knights of the Old Republic in two thousand three and four. Those are some of my favorite games of all time. I still have a Let's Play series on my account right now, going through those. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, of course. Squadrons is good. That just came out. Uh, mm. There's there's not a whole lot to do in that one. Um, Fallen Order would have would definitely be my favorite of late. How many uh, hours do you have in on that game? How much seat time do you have on it? Fallen Order. It's been a while. It's been a long time since I played it, but I I did hundred uh, percent the the story and the game, and then also all the trophies as well. I'm absolutely a trophy hunter, so I do that. Uh, and I remember some of the very first videos I made on this account were a couple Battlefront vids. By the way, Battlefront, amazing. And uh, and trophy guides on some of the more difficult trophies for Jedi Fallen Order. And those still, I'll still get a comment, you know, once a week or so being like, yo, thanks for this trophy video. I'm like, dude, I put that up. Like, I started the account January 14th. Those videos probably went up like January 19th. Like, <laughs> nice, nice. They were some of my first videos ever because I was just, I was finishing up the game myself. So what I did is I just streamed and no one was watching, so it was basically a recording. Myself going through and collecting all the, all the last couple trophies, and then I put that in Resolve and chopped it up into little videos. And I think what, what I was trying to do, and I think what people like about it, is that the videos are like one minute long. They're like one minute and 20 seconds. Like, it, it literally is me going like, hey, go here, do this, trophy, good, next. Go here, do this. Like, it's so, so simple. And a lot of the trophy videos I see will be like, hey, man, when I was 10, I got just It's like, nah, dude, I want to know how to get the trophy. Like, I had eggs I don't, for breakfast. I don't need any uh, of that. You yeah, know, yeah. And, uh, that, that's really it's like if you look up a recipe for something. Capture this, yeah. <laughs> you look up a recipe for something and it's a 3,000 word blog post about how this family heirloom tomato plant got passed. It's like, dude, I don't care. Show me how to make yeah. the, the bread or whatever, you know? That's why we're and that's what we're I tried to do with no those nonsense. trophy vids. You know, I like the fact that you're no nonsense because people have, are busy. And I mean, I think that's the, the market is so saturated with content um, and, and you're so niche what you're doing. And I think that's really the way to do it is like, don't mess around. Give people exactly what they want as regularly as possible. So I, I like yeah. I like your approach. I think that's that's really the winning approach with this kind of fan content sort of stuff. Yeah, and I realized uh, Star Wars and, and a lot of being a musician and a lot of anything in the entertainment content creation space, it's a war of attrition. It's not who's the best, it's who's the last one standing. Who's the, la who's the last one there that did not quit? Because right. everyone else quits. So who's if willing you can just to be give the guy life? That, <laughs> yeah, if you can just be the guy that doesn't quit, like you're going to be successful. And I, and I can say that because I've seen you know what little tiny slice of success that I've seen just because I didn't stop. I didn't have that much of a plan. I was literally playing Battlefront with my buddy, the Dr. Blue. He does the Dragon Ball Z content. And uh, he, I went to high school with him. We grew up together, been in bands, all that stuff. So we were just playing Battlefront as friends. And he was telling me about how he's having success on YouTube. And he was like, you should do YouTube. And I was like, yeah, I've done music channels. I've done all this stuff. I just never, never could stick to it. And he was like, well, why don't you just do Star Wars? I was like, that sounds fun because... Everything I do is music. It would be nice to have something that's not music. <laughs> so right. this was uh, this was that for me. This is that creative outlet that I can still have fun with, and 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 it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm in here every day making videos. So, um, but it's it's rewarding, and I've I've met a lot of awesome people collaborating with people like you, collaborating with the Merkins, just doing all this crazy stuff that that never would have happened otherwise. 
So for fans who may not be like content creators and may not be as tech savvy as you, can you give us kind of like just a, in a nutshell, the, the, you know, just the skin of the potato of like what it, what it looks like to like make a video using kind of stills and, and music and stuff like what, what software do you use? What, how does it work? What, what's your approach to, to creating this content? Because you, you do this a hundred percent on your own. It's not like you have a big studio behind you to like help you with editing and uh, audio engineering. And so, so just walk us through the quick process. How does a video like your Mando review show like from from A to B like how does that even happen for you? Sure. Yeah, definitely love that question and and let me preface this answer by saying um, I'm very fortunate to have a a background school-wise in graphic design videography photography all that creative stuff and Through through coming up and always being in a band and always starting the new thing and doing solo albums and all this stuff I've always been able to tackle my own videography, graphic design, all that stuff by myself. And it started for no other reason than simply I, I didn't have the money to pay someone else to do it. So I was like, well, I want it to be good. If I have a friend do it for free, it sucks. So let me just figure out how to do it myself because no one's, no one's going to do free it for help free help is for better me, than no as help as except free it. help sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can, like, no one's, if it's free, if it's going to be free, you might as well do it yourself because no one's going to try as hard as you for you. You know what I mean? If I'm doing, if I, if someone wants me to make them a poster or something and it's free, like I'll give them 20 minutes, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because uh, it's free. If they're paying me, I'll, I'll put in as much effort as they're paying me. And, um, but if it's for me, I'll do it until it's right, until it's the way I want it to be. And that also costs no money. It costs time, but as you get better at it, uh, that becomes faster. So that's where I'm coming from with all this. So I have experience with all of the lighting, photography, all the cameras. What camera's good? What camera's bad? How do I deal with this? How do I get this look? Photoshop. How do I use Photoshop? All that stuff I already knew. So that was really nice. And I was able to put out higher quality content right out of the gate. Where if you go back to most YouTubers to their early stuff, you're going to see their early stuff is not nearly as good. Uh, because they're learning and that's totally understandable even with this podcast we had the same thing like when I when I recorded the first yeah. couple episodes I was using like a little microphone and a Sony Walkman in my pocket and I think some of the dust right. light got into the microphone and it sounded like I had been <laughs> yeah. you know eating yeah. popcorn and stuff now I think it sounds a little bit better but I'm, I'm still with you I get it so through, yeah through music I have a background in recording studios and I run a recording studio out of my home so I'm able to do all the audio things as well and if I need royalty free music I'll just make the music myself so me and my buddy make the music we have uh we just started a channel called This Beat Slaps, and it's us just making music for people like me, people who need music that don't have, doesn't have copyrights, doesn't have royalty, but is quality because so much of the royalty-free music out there is so bad. And uh, so we started doing that. So it's a lot of synthwave, lo-fi, stuff like that. So a lot of the music in my last, I don't know, 10, 15 videos has been from that. And it will be continuing forward because that's just another way to get paid. So <laughs> if I can use my own money and, and get something off the back end of that, that's or my own uh, music, that's fine. So uh, what I use to edit is DaVinci Resolve. It's a free software for most people. I uh, bought a Blackmagic Cinema camera a while ago. And I, with that came like the studio version of DaVinci Resolve. I honestly don't know the difference between the two. So DaVinci Resolve, highly recommended, completely free, perfect video editor, all you need. Yeah, Photoshop, you gotta have Photoshop. There's free alternatives. I don't have experience with them. Bite the bullet, $10 a month, I have Photoshop um, and Lightroom and maybe something else. But yeah, ten dollars a month. Like, so you buy into like uh, that that subscription service to use to use those. Yeah, Creative tools. Cloud. And, and I've yep. I've had Photoshop in some way, shape, or form since like two thousand eight. Hmm. So, it's um, it's a must. I mean, I use it three, four, five times a day. So it's, it's like it pays for itself. You know, all of my thumbnails, Photoshop. Um, it's it's a must. So DaVinci Resolve, Photoshop. You need some sort of camera. The one I'm looking at right here is the Logitech C920. I think it's like 60 bucks. You can 60, 70, 80, depending. You can catch them on sale. I got this one for 49 bucks. So you can catch them on sale for 50 bucks. And that's the camera you see on all my videos that you see my face. So I have nicer cameras around, but this is the just the simplest one. It's a USB camera straight into the computer. One wire. I don't have to deal with any crazy, you know, exporting after the fact or dragging over SIM cards. None of that. I go straight into perhaps the most important part of my setup, which is Streamlabs OBS, or you can use regular OBS. It doesn't matter. Um, I used regular OBS for a long time because Streamlabs OBS was only on PC, which was very annoying because I run a Mac rig. Right. And uh, finally, just happened to see that they released the beta for Streamlabs OBS on Mac. So I jumped on that. So to, to our fans who don't know OBS, it's basically a TV production uh, studio on a computer for amateur uh, and professional users to be able to have different sources of audio and video, right? 
Right. So OBS stands for Open Broadcast Software, and it's also uh, completely free. So you really have nothing to lose there. Get that. Uh, it's how you put everything together. It's how I get my green screen behind me to disappear into the background so you can just see my body and then the game, right? It's how you capture the screen when you're playing, you know, whatever game you're doing. And um, I, also, I also get this question a lot. Uh, what am I using to play the mobile game on my computer? And that's pretty simple. It's an app called BlueStacks. It's an Android emulator. Unfortunately, that means that uh, my main game is on my iPhone and my emulator is Android. So there's no crossover between those accounts. So I can't put my main account on the main screen on my desktop the same way I can the alt account. We're talking I about see. Galaxy Heroes, by the way. Right, right, right. And Because yeah. um, it's a mobile emulator. It emulates an Android phone. So basically my alt account is an Android account and my main account's a, an uh, iOS account. So that's a little annoying, but I've managed to find a few workarounds. You can plug an iPad into your computer, USB, and then open up QuickTime and literally that's it. You hit a new new video or whatever, select it. It's it's so simple. So many cool things I've discovered doing this account. So there you go. There's there's inside baseball for you. If cool. any other specific it. questions on on that kind of stuff? Well, I was curious, you know, when you go down to like, you know, uh, make a video on like the Mandalorian, do you do you sort of piece together the images first or do you decide, "Hey, I'm going to write like a review and actually type it out yeah. um, and then record the audio?" Yeah. It's the second one. Okay. So you actually write all your material like word to word. You don't actually improvise any of it? Uh, there's definitely some improvisation, but I've found that it's much slower going if I improvise because one weird skill I have, I don't really know where I got this. It must have been through uh, being a part of the news program in high school and taking classes on like anchoring the news and stuff. Yeah. I'm really good at reading from a script. I can read an entire like four page script without stopping, without messing up. So <laughs> I, it's much faster for me to take a little bit of time to write out my thoughts the way I want them to sound. I take a little bit of time on the front end and I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm taking real quick bullet notes as I'm watching the episode. Like, Oh, uh, Mando kills guy with thing, uh, jetpack death, you know, Oh, crate dragon. I'm, I'm just writing all these thoughts. And then I go back after and I piece it together into like what I actually want to say about it. Then I have a script. I record the script real quickly into, uh, almost in real time into pro tools, which is my audio software. Then I export that over. Now I'm in DaVinci resolve and I reference the script while I have Disney plus up. And I'll go through and be like, okay, here I'm talking about the crate dragon. I need some shots of the crate dragon. And I'll just, you know, snip it out, uh, screenshots from that. So then at the very end, I piece them all together. And the final step is putting those keyframes in to make the, the photos, you know, zoom in and out a little bit. And that's it. It's, wow. it's honestly, it's a real quick process. The fact that you can read from a script like that, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but I've actually been reading from a script for this entire interview. I spent a long time researching your reactions, uh, you know, and everything so that I could actually predict what you might right. be saying. I'm actually reading from a script right now. Right. And I, I kind of have that skill too, where I can, I can do that naturally, make it sound like it's spontaneous, but not everybody can do that. And I think that's getting back to some of the stuff you're saying about giving people the content they need right now. The fact that you take the time to do that, that makes everything tighter. You know, people are busy, but your video are very crisp, very succinct, but also thorough. And I think that's probably a lot of the preparation you put into it beforehand. Could be. And one thing I've noticed too is uh, to read from a script, you need, there's two different things. You need to understand what you're saying and you need to read it appropriately with inflection, right? So what I've noticed and what I've learned is those are two different things. If you're reading it and thinking about what you're saying and thinking about the meaning of it, it comes across very monotone and weird. <laughs> but if you think about it ahead of time, think about what you're saying ahead of time, write it down, and then you can just read the words and then read them with inflection. Mando goes back to the store because, he, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And you can put that into it and, it and it makes it sound a lot more engaging and a lot more real. Uh, and that right there, what happens is when you're reading from a script with inflection, you don't realize what you're saying. And that is that goes back to that old Anchorman joke where he says anything that's on the prompter. That is a hundred percent a real thing. If you don't know what you're saying and you're just reading with inflection, like you'll say stuff and be like, "I just read a four-page script. I could not tell you what I just said. I was just focused on every single word and making it inflect in a way that makes sense with the English language. I'm not retaining anything I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying because all that was done ahead of time. I did all that yeah. on the front end, so I know it. I know at the end of the day, it's going to come out making sense and all that. But it does. I don't understand what I'm saying when I'm saying it. If that makes sense. I never understand what I'm saying, and I think that's the reason why uh, people give me so much grief is because I expect that they do. 
Um, but I get that, right. you know, <laughs> you sort of zone out. It's almost like you hit into this flow state. And that's happened to me sometimes in the podcast Absolutely. too, where yeah. I'm, I'm sort of trying to think about what people say, but then I also have that process of trying to make it funny, you know, and that's a, that's a little different because I'm, sure. I'm having to think in bo- both sides of my brain like that. But I think it's sort of the same process you're talking about because I might, I might listen to somebody talk for five minutes and the whole time I'm trying to come up with a gag and then it hits, the gag hits yeah. and I know it hits, but I couldn't even tell you what the joke was about after I said it. Right. Because it's right, that sort of right. thing. And or, think, or you think of, you think of something to say and, and then you realize the time's passed, you know? <laughs> like, yes. Well, yeah, you have to kind of find the timing and that that's a trick in itself, but it, it sort of gets back as a creator. You, you were talking about um, when you're watching the Mando, you have sort of bullet points and you're kind of taking notes. And I I've struggled with that because I want to enjoy Star Wars first like I'm kind of greedy and I want to yep. have my Star Wars yep. so like I get up in the morning 3 a.m. I make myself a little snack and I just watch the Mando and I try actually really hard to turn that part of my brain off first and then I come back like and I watch it maybe again and then I'll be doing my like you know oh you know he, he ate these tadpole nice. eggs or whatever but I have to tell you I find it really hard to do that and sometimes I just I just don't. So I'll just I'll watch it the first time and I'll be thinking of gags the whole time. And I don't know if that I don't know if yeah. I like that or not. You know, it sort of changed my experience as a fan. The fact that I make Star Wars content now. How about you? I agree. It has changed a little bit in the fact that I have to think about it almost like a job now. It's like, oh, God, they announced another show. Great. That's another eight weeks of getting up at 3 a.m. And it's not. Um, <laughs> and also props to you for getting up at 3 a.m. I can't do that. I have to just stay up. So I'll just I'll just procrastinate all my work that I have to do for the day until like you know 11 or 12 when my girlfriend goes to sleep and then i'll come in here bust out work for three hours and then just roll right into the mandalorian and do it that way i've done uh, that because too, I, where tried I try to, to like give Clone myself Wars. something to keep myself busy you know just up until yeah. 3 a.m yeah and one of those things was that was that green child video and, and and of course the album for my band that we're working on as well that has plenty to keep me busy now we're done with that it's been sent off so now i don't know what i'm going to do but i totally see what you're saying about <laughs> wanting to enjoy it i do it the opposite way i crank out all the work first I don't. I, I enjoy the episode, but I enjoy it in kind of a like a heady, intelligent. Like, what am I going to say about this episode? That kind of way. I think about more like the work side of it, and then later, my girlfriend wants to see him too. So later, you know, the day it comes out on Friday, you know, three a.m. My video's out by six, seven a.m. But then that evening, when she gets home from work, Friday evening, I'll just sit on the couch and watch it for fun, and that's when I get to really enjoy it. Plus, I have the benefit of having already seen it and analyzed it, so I can catch more stuff and think about it that way. And um, and that's when I can just try to just chill out. I've done the video. I can sit back. I can relax. I don't have to worry about doing anything with it. And that's when I really get to just enjoy it. And the Clone Wars was the same thing. Cool. It's cool. Well, it's it's great to hear, you know, that there are people out there like yourself who have a lot of technical expertise, a lot of talent, um, and are doing this kind of out of the goodness of their heart because they just love Star Wars so much. And you talked about, like, new shows and new content, which, of course, we're going to get more of. Um, we talked a little bit about the sequels and you being kind of born in the prequel generation. What are you most excited to see next in the Star Wars world, both as a fan but also as someone who produces content that you'll be able to cover? Mm. That's a tough question because I haven't thought about it because I'm too busy doing like, you know, the, the daily grind. So it yanks so you out of the grind, that, right? <laughs> it's like it's like when you're in the ocean and a wave knocks you down and then you stand back up and another one knocks you down. And you can't get your head above water. That's kind of what the daily grind is. And so I don't ever get a chance to get up enough above the water to be like, all right, what's coming next? But uh, I have, you know, I have heard some things that uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, there's a, the rumored Kenobi show. Of course, I'm excited about seeing where the Mandalorian goes, uh, both through season two and onward. Um, Clone Wars is gone. I guess there's not more of that coming. That was awesome though. Um, movies. Hmm. They said the Skywalker saga is complete. I, I assume that is true. I would like to see them. I would like to see them just push forward. Maybe another trilogy. I loved that they were planning on doing an old Republic trilogy or, or something set during that time. Uh, sh- uh, spearheaded by um, David Benioff and DB Wise from Game of Thrones. Those two guys. I thought that would have been fantastic, but I heard it, it that got nixed. So um, I don't know if those guys are still slated. I think they got poached by Netflix. I don't know. Under some agreement, like they gave them a six point two seven bazillion dollars per minute to create content for one of the streaming services, and they were like, "Sorry, Disney, you can't pay well, the those." Bill. Those guys know what's up, so I'll watch whatever they do because they know what's up. Um, 
and just they just make good stuff. You know, Game of Thrones was a was a massive hit, so I'm sure they have the golden touch like like some of these other guys. Uh, what is you'll have to remind me what is on the horizon? What are the rumors? What are the things coming? Yeah, up? I mean, and like I'll tell the, you which the Benioff really and Weiss about. thing was I thought like kind of like you, you know, with your video where it's like a match made in heaven. Uh, you know, like a Star Wars fan and a Guns N' Roses fan. I thought Benioff and Weiss were going to be an absolute match made in heaven to make a an old Republic. Star Wars thing, right? Where maybe there weren't even blasters, right. there weren't even lightsabers maybe. I mean, it could have been something totally different. Sad that it didn't happen, but I think people are screaming for that. Now, I know that they've done these books they're promoting a lot now, the High Republic era. This seems to be something that Disney right, is right, really right. investing in, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see them pivot and we get a trilogy on that uh, that side of things. Um, well, and that seems to be multi-platform too. We have books, comics, uh, possible video content of some kind, whether that's a a show a youtube series the, the possibilities are truly endless now yeah um what i would consider to be content i know it seems silly but i don't necessarily the books and comics and stuff they don't hit my radar the same way as like a show or a movie would so um and that's obviously content i could i love reading the books don't get me wrong i've read pretty much every single eu book up until about 2014 15 i haven't read a lot since then but uh i have read the thron series great the new thron series but uh up until that point like I was I had read pretty much every single Star Wars EU book that was out there, wow. and uh, so I love reading the books, the comic books uh, less so. But I did get a Marvel subscription just to catch up and see what the fuss about with some of these things, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't read all those though. Uh, TV content, I would not be surprised to see Disney switch more to episodic content in more bite-sized chunks, similar to The Mandalorian. The rumored Kenobi show, Clone Wars, um, Cassian Endor is getting a show as well. I guess that's still a yep. still a go. Yeah, that's so. interesting to me. That's interesting to me. I guess, I guess we're gonna see kind of K two carry that show because Cassian to me in Rogue One wasn't the highlight. It was, um, it was. Uh, boy, I'm gonna say her name now. Um, Jin Erso was really the Jin the, Erso? the pro- yeah. protagonist of that show. Jin yeah, Erso. I mean, she was the main character, but I think that show was was really carried by, for me. You know, K two, the humor that he brought to that that episode or that movie was just, I just, I was just dying. Yeah, like, I, every wonderful. line he had, and and of course, um, Alan Tudyk as him is just brilliant. But they said uh, I saw, <laughs> you know, when he slaps him, when he K two slaps Cassian and says that's enough out of you or something like that. Yes, he actually slaps him super hard, <laughs> and he didn't. I don't think he meant to. I forget the story about it. You can see Cassian in the movie. This is so rare. You see this in a movie. You can see him like cover his face because he's about to just burst out laughing. Wow! Because wow. Alan <laughs> apparently just smacked him like so hard. Smacked the crap out of him. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I love I love stories like that. You usually hear the hear and see those kind of things in TV because the turnaround time's so fast. Right. They don't have time a lot of times to fix little tiny mistakes like that. But in movies, they absolutely do. So it's amazing when any improv or any crazy little continuity thing shows up in a movie because it's just so rare slips through the cracks you know and it was it was like the best take i mean i think that happened actually in um in a quentin tarantino movie with uh, leonardo dicaprio i can't remember which movie it was with Django unchained when he actually smashes his hand down on a table and breaks a glass or like gets it cut on like a knife and he actually had this piece of glass or knife in his hand bleeding everywhere and they just kept the take because it was so good <laughs> Um, and just you and know. that was Leo that did that. Yeah, yeah, it was Leo who smashed his hand, and, and you can see him kind of trying not. And to that act, guy's a like, that guy's a pro. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not unprecedented, but it is pretty un, 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 unbelievable that 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 gets in there. But you know, I think that that's something I I enjoy too. Like I I grew up in the uh, era of of the first original trilogy, and I remember watching almost more than the movies making of because at that point special effects were so new still. The things right, they were doing right. were so cutting edge and original that there was a lot of content about how they made shot this scene, made this. I ate that stuff up like crazy. There's some great old documentaries on how they did like the puppets and Return of the Jedi and stuff. And I feel like that has gotten so shifted now. It's so commonplace and just so kind of banal or whatever, uh, you know, bucolic, uh, you know, special effects. Oh, my goodness. Oh, fancy. Like, no one cares. And you lose a lot of the, the yeah. fun involved uh, with the, you know, the making of the films. And with the streaming services now, it seems like they don't care about the extra scenes, the deleted scenes, the, you know, director's commentary and stuff. And, and maybe that's the reason why fan-produced comment has 
is so important now. It sort of fills that void. What do you think about that? That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, the, especially the commentary and, and that kind of thing. Uh, one thing I will say, I like it almost as much as The Mandalorian itself is the gallery, the making of The Mandalorian, where every episode they'll focus on a different, you know, uh, the directing or the acting or the music with, with uh, Ludwig or... Uh, the special effects in particular, how they do it in The Mandalorian, is extremely cutting edge. Star Wars still, in 2020, is on the cutting edge of what is possible in film and TV. And uh, that blows my mind. What do they call, maybe you know, What do they, I keep forgetting the name of it. What do they call that thing? It's like the room that they record in. They, they have a name for it. Yeah, the volume. It's the, all the screens the and volume, everything. Uh, the volume. The that's what it was. I could not remember. I wanted to call it the reason or something dumb. I just couldn't think of the name. The screens that you have to like sell your soul to get into. And, uh, you know, it, it actually changes you into a computer program yourself so they can manipulate you and make you do whatever. They said they, I think it was... Uh, I think it was Favreau and maybe Filoni as well. They said uh, the two of them had to do an interview or something, and they did it on the volume or in the volume, however you say it. And they set, you know, the, the screens to have like Tatooine or something like that. And they said <laughs> the people interviewing them were like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like they're just sitting in the middle of the desert or something. I love the fakery. I forget. That, that, little, that little joke is in that gallery somewhere. I just can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. I need to watch it again. And I hope they continue to make those. I loved listening to the director's breakdown. Um uh, just just how they make the show My, and, and deep little things that we might not know and all the that only stuff. thing I was really hoping for with that gallery show which I did watch all the episodes too and I really enjoyed I wanted Herzog to be there at the panel like around the table like Werner Herzog because I've been a huge Werner Herzog fan for years and years and when I heard he was going to be in the Mandalorian yeah. I was like this might be the only good thing about this show you know like I didn't know what to expect it ends up being a great right. show too but right but it would it would have been awesome if we could actually gotten the interviews with Herzog and seen like what he thought because he's a, he's such an interesting person. The fact that they landed him at all for the Mandalorian, I think, is a testament to like John Favreau and the way he makes content. Yeah, for sure. And Favreau brings his uh, uh, comedic touch a little bit. And I have a theory that any comedy in an action movie is twice as funny because we're not expecting it, and it like is kind of relief, truly comic relief, you know? Especially in things like uh, stressful things or like Marvel or something. Uh, some of those, you know, Endgame and that kind of stuff got, Infinity War got kind of stressful, so any little bit of humor that was dropped in there was like twice as funny, you know? Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's just like, hits the crowd. There. Where if you go to, you know, a comedy, you're expecting to laugh, so even the funnier stuff that might get you in another movie doesn't get you in that. Um, that was a sidebar, and I don't know why I said that, but... It is something I've thought about. Well, that makes sense because, you know, as a comedy podcast, too, we, we kind of walk that line where sometimes people are expecting it to be funny. And then when we get serious, it sort of slaps people on, on the butt and it's like, hey, you know, we're people, too. Um, and that's what people come to appreciate. That's right. why we're doing these interviews. And I really it's just been wonderful to have you in the studio today. Um, Dallas, I mean, I can call you Dallas, but the Star Wars guy. But before we go, I want I want to, you know, ask you a question. Uh, we got a question from one of our fans here. Um, we do we do have fans, believe it or not. Um, I know it's hard to understand. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. Um, so so this question comes to us uh, getting back, kind of taking it back full circle. Um the question comes from Link Vox a million. Mm -hmm. Getting back to your video, uh, the green child of mine. What did you have to do, sure. the Star Wars guy, to convince Axl Rose to con to record new lyrics for your song? Oh, he thinks that's actually <laughs> Axl. <laughs> that's my singer from my band, Alvi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll tell him you said that. He'll love that. Uh, and if you like Guns and Roses and you like that sound, you need to go check out my band, the LA Maybe, because we sound like a lot like that. So uh, now the album's not coming out till March, but I've listened to a couple tracks. Uh, your stuff is amazing. You're the exact kind of band we need right now. I think in the in this pandemic, I mean, you're mm. you're classic rock. It's Thank like you. you can headbang, you can just drink beer and like you know just pound there pound it yeah. right <laughs> like so. Yeah. Now, if you've heard uh, anything on the YouTube right now, you've hold our, heard our old singer. So listen to that and listen to Green Child of Mine and imagine that singer on that. And then you kind of see where we're going with it. So anything with our new singer, Alvi, unfortunately, there's nothing out yet. So this collaboration came at an amazing time because we're happy to collaborate, but also kind of at the worst time because it was just too early for us to be able to be like, here's here's our stuff. So when you come over to us from the Merkins, you see it and you go, oh, I like it. It was too early. So you've for got that. an so album in the works right now? It's We just finished our part of it. We just finished recording it and we sent it off to be mixed and mastered by a guy named Machine. He's one of the best producers in the game. He has credits a mile long, including uh, the first two Lamb of God records, which were huge. Mm-hmm. Clutch, Four Year Strong, Crowbot, tons of bands this guy's done. And uh, we've worked with him before, and we're working with him again, so we're super excited about that. Uh, and the album's slated for March, I think, at this point. Um, 
Singles will probably be coming out one one in January, maybe one in February. So there'll be something up there. Uh, we're shooting we're shooting videos through the rest of the year. We have our first music video shoot the day before Thanksgiving, and the other one closer to Christmas. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's kind of the the main thing, you know. Aside from from all the Star Wars stuff, that's kind of what I'm up to. And if you want to stay in touch or anything, join the Discord server. I'm I'm always in there. I don't participate in every conversation because there's just too many. I literally don't have the time. I wake up to probably 300 messages every day. And uh, I just I try to do everything I can, but it, it can get a little overwhelming. So but I'm in there. I see a lot of it. And if you tag me, I certainly will see it. And uh, you can always DM me on Discord. So as it's well. the, the Star Wars guy on Utah, YouTube and your Discord server. And the band is called the L.A. Maybe. So look for look for that uh, record. I hopefully in March, but who knows right now with coronavirus, you know, I'm sure that there's things but um we also will will uh you know whenever you post new stuff we'll we'll retweet it we like to collaborate with people um so yeah it's been wonderful having you is there any questions you have uh or anything else that you wanted to to talk about that's coming up for you that that maybe we missed no i think that's it i'm i'm just uh, again thank you storm duper for having me on the show fakey star wars love it uh, i'll be sure to share share this with all my all my uh, friends and, and family and make sure everybody gets over there and checks it out. And if they want to hear me babble on about who knows what for an hour, this is the spot to do that. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So, so to, to, to bigger and better things, you know, from you and, and uh, you know, we look forward to seeing how things develop with this video. Uh, you know, maybe this is not the last chapter. Uh, you know, you never know that song could somehow work its way back into the mix. Um, if Axl Rose, uh, has a, you know, a change of heart. So don't, don't despair. You know, we've, we've had people come on here who are at the end of their rope and then they were they appeared on the podcast and everything everything changed for them so there's always that opportunity as well may, may the foe be with you on that one absolutely <laughs> so absolutely well that is all we have time for this week um you can follow us on faking star wars um on twitter and instagram at faking star wars or on facebook at facebook.com slash real faking star wars uh myself i'm at storm duper on twitter and you can get official fsw t-shirts and other great gear at bit.ly slash fsw merch that's bit.ly slash fsw merch and if you like what you hear and want to support us go to patreon.com slash faking star wars sign up to become a patron not only do you help us out financially but we fakers will then be able to make the content that you know and love and it's uh you'll get a great little reward you know join us for as little as a buck a month um you can join fake jedi padawan stephen howard or our jedi knight level which has media Craddocks, darth taxis and keith Harmon. have you written us a review yet if not please consider giving us a five star review we love reviews we love them love them love them so please leave one on iTunes or Podchaser or whatever platform you use. It doesn't matter. We're on all of them. And uh, it just helps us for when people search for Star Wars to pop up on the podcast app. Also, I have a long-standing rule that if you write a funny review, I will read it on an upcoming episode. So if you do that, let me know um, on Twitter at StromDuper, and I'll be sure to read it on a, for a current episode. And one more thing, uh, we'd like you to join our FSW Discord server. This is a chat room full of all kinds of fakers. Uh, we play Discord games. We're discussing Star Wars and nerd culture. Uh, it's fantastic fun. It's bit.ly slash FSW Discord. Make sure to put FSW all in caps. Lastly, just a thank you to uh, Manscaped.com for sponsoring this podcast. You know, they have uh, reached out on a limb to us. This is a great collaboration. We're so happy to have them on board. Don't forget to pick up. The holiday season's coming. Don't forget to pick up the Perfect Package 3.0. It's a great gift for a man in your life. Uh, you can get our discount code FSW Radio, all in caps, for a 20% discount and free shipping. So please visit Manscaped.com. And as always, please stay tuned to Faking Star Wars. .net for the best quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you for listening. May the foe be with you. See you next time.